0: You look sad. I am. Remember Wooly from the Edinburgh cast in Scotland? I've not heard from him in over three weeks, and now I'm worried that something may have happened to him. Now, Pearl, it did not seem you two were all that serious. Oh, I know, but he sounded so dreamy. Pearl, I know just the thing to cheer you up. A new episode of The Man in the Can Exodus from the park. You're right. Let's play it. Hold on. I think I found it. Bedtime Stories My Kids Love present... Small and tasty, he's hard to catch. when there's a problem, there's no match for the man in the can. The Adventures of the Man in the Can. The animals, birds, and the man in the can silently drifted past the dump and down the river. Unaware they had been seen or watched float by, the group felt collected re- relief as the dump disappeared from sight. They floated on. They were still an hour or two away from the place of rest and safety. But not only had the watchful eyes of Crag the Crow spotted the river travelers, but also another set of watchful eyes. Eyes that followed them stealthily from the growth along the bank of the river. Wild eyes eyes that could be seen in the dark as well as day. Hunter's eyes. The eyes of this hunter were filled with the prospect of the oncoming feast he would have for breakfast. The Man in the Can, Exodus from the Park, Part 7. There seemed to be a collective peace that was felt upon the drifting animals once the dump had disappeared from sight. For they knew, had the Rat King or Bitus the Snake Lord known of their flight from the park they would have been wide open to an attack on the river. But the threat was gone, and it seemed the animals used the quiet night air to relax and reflect. Reflect on what lay before them. The man in the can dozed off as he clung to his piece of wood. Unlike many of the animals that used the night to hunt and play, he used the night to sleep and rest, for he was not nocturnal. In his dreams, he had thoughts of the park on a sunny day. He searched for food, finding items, and wandering the park, his home. It was as if he was still there. In his sleep, from the dump heap, Crag the crow contemplated his next move. He knew the information of the wandering animals was valuable, but to whom would it be most valuable? Would Graystrike, the king of all rats, give him more? Or would Vitus, the lord of the snakes, give him more? This he had to carefully consider. Vitus had been driven from the park by the man in the can and his allies, and then from the sewers. He had suffered several defeats at the hand of the man in the can, and surely revenge would be valuable. But on the other hand, Greystrike had never lost a battle or territory, but when he faced the man in the can, he lost both. He was driven from the city as the sewers were his home, and hundreds of his minions fell at the hand of the animals. Both of these warlords were evil at the core, and each would jump at the chance to find leverage over the other, and the one who defeated the tiny man and retook the park back would surely be seen as the greatest warrior, and would be feared and respected by all. To whom would he go? To whom would he offer this information? From the foliage of the riverbanks, Baron the wolf eyed the animals with much interest. His first instinct was that before him floated the greatest meal he could ever imagine. It was not difficult being a carnivore, and by a meat-eater's nature, the only other friend of a carnivore is another carnivore. Baron the wolf led a pack of wolves that roamed the hilly forested lands past the dump and miles from the city. This wolf was protected by the laws of the land, and all the animals knew it, even the wolves. And the circle of life continued here as it had for centuries, where the large preyed on the small, and the small preyed on the tiny, and basically, the tiny ate bugs or plants. And most of what floated before him was the small or the tiny. But something bothered the wolf. The scene before him was so unusual and strange, it seemed disturbing and caused something inside the wolf to call out to be cautious of the entire situation. The wolf had watched the floating band of animals for nearly an hour and followed them unseen and unsent from the foliage of the banks. During that time, the wolf began to recognize some of those in the water, for even among animals there were stories and news of other animal exploits and battles. He saw a large yellow bird that he believed to be the famous yellow bird of the city. And floating on a small piece of wood, he eyed a tiny little person, a small man, and Baron was absolutely sure that this was the man in the can. For who else could it be? That alone caused the wolf to take caution as he knew the man and these animals had defeated the snakes time and time again and had driven the rats and the snakes from the city into refuge, into the dump. In this case, hunger would take a back seat to caution. The band of travelers continued on, and soon the scout birds reported to all that the place where they were to land and rest for the day was just ahead. The sun would be up in a few hours, and they knew that they needed to be settled in and safe before the sun arose so their coming and going would be covered by the darkness of nightfall. The scouts led the birds to a safe sand cove cut out of the river, and the animals paddled to the area. Minutes later, the animals began to arrive to shore and quickly hid their floating materials in the plants, grass, and bushes surrounding the cove. Once all the animals were ashore, Yellowbird and the man in the can stood before them. The man in the can began. Fellow animals of the park, we have had a busy and long day. Yesterday at noon, we fled our homes as we faced destruction. We entered the sewers and then the river. We have survived each step of the way. Now we are here. The scout birds will assist each bird group and family and show them safe places to sleep and rest for the day. The day will pass and we will rise at nightfall and continue our journey down the river. The other scout team of birds has not yet returned to tell us the place we will make our home for the next several months. For now, hide your things and go with the scouts and be quiet and safe you will rest. We must come and go from this place unnoticed, so please do not disturb anything nor any one Yellowbird followed birds there are many of us and we must keep a watchful eye on each group and family pair yourselves into twos and perch and rest in a tree above where the animals rest take turns watching and sleeping we must keep our friends safe and with that the animals and birds began to disappear into the bushes trees and foliage from the darkness baron watched everything he heard everything he knew the animals had been driven from the park but he did not know why But he knew this was just a rest stop along the way, and if he was going to have a great meal, he must do so before they leave. But again, something inside of him caused caution. There were many animals and birds, and could they, if they all turned against him, defeat a lone wolf? If the man at the can was in their side, he paused with great caution. Maybe there's a better way to go about this. Maybe there's more, maybe a more direct approach. Baron boldly strode from the cover of darkness and into the moonlight the man in the can gulped and the yellow bird gasped as the wolf strode boldly up to the pair the animals that were left died for cover and the remaining birds fluttered into the air what's going on park dwellers asked the wolf with a very direct tone we mean you no harm answered the man in the can we are simply resting for the day and moving on there's no cause for alarm why would a wolf like myself be alarmed about anything? For my entire pack is watching from afar, and anything I may not be able to handle, they can come and correct in quick fashion. The wolf knew he was lying, but for some reason he felt the need to show strength to the man in the can and Yellowbird. We watched you float to the riverbank, and now we wonder what the famous man in the can and Yellowbird are doing so far from the park, and why would you leave your kingdoms for the woods by the river? That's all, finished Baron. The man in the can answered boldly. The place where we live is being destroyed by the large people. We are seeking a place to live for several months in safety far from here, downstream. We ask for nothing, nor will we take anything. We just ask to safely pass. The truthfulness and directness of the answer caused the wolf to take pause. Wolves respected directness, power, and strength. And this tiny little creature, he saw it all. But more than that, the tale of the large people destroying the place the park creatures lived sounded all too familiar. For the wolves, generation after generation, had been driven from their homes, and now this pack lived far and separated from others. They had been separated from their other families, generations of families, and placed in an area made by large people called a national park. The story of the man and the kang run true with Baron, and all of a sudden the urge to eat the animals was gone, and replaced with a strange urge to assist the animals. "'How can we be of assistance, little man?' asked the wolf. "'Surprised,' the man in the can answered. "'You can help protect us from the predators that feast upon the creatures, "'like those from the park.'" The wolf howled with laughter. "'But I am such a creature, "'so you ask for the wolves to protect you from ourselves?' "'Yes, and the bobcats, and the mountain lions, "'and the cougars, and the bears,' and the coyotes, and all others that would use prey. If you will do this for the day, we will always be eternally grateful for your assistance and help, answered the man with respect in his voice. I do not know why I do this, tiny man, but I agree to your terms. We will assist you and protect you till you leave tomorrow evening. I like you, little man, and I would like to hear more of your famous exploits. The animals near and far have heard of you and your friend Yellowbird, and I think for one day I will forego a great feast for my pack and hear firsthand the stories of your battles with the rats and the snakes and so on, said the Baron. Well, we have an accord. The day of protection in exchange for a day of tall tales, for I am sure the tales you have heard are far greater and exaggerated than the actual things that happen," said the man in the can. The bird... The small man and the wolf all sat together in the grass by the river and began to talk and tell tales of days gone by. Back at the dump, Craig the crow pecked at a rock. From beneath the rock, a small snake poked his head and quickly pulled back. Bird, I am not a worm. Take care with your beak, he shouted from beneath the rock. Do not worry, my slimy little friend. I have eaten already. And my hunger is not so great as to settle for Snake. Not yet, that is. I have come to see Bidas the Snake Lord. For I have information he may find valuable. What will Craig the Crow tell the Snake Lord? Will the wolf change his mind and eat the animals? When will the Bird Scout team return with the news of their new home? Find out in the next adventure of The Man in the curve. Small and tasty, he's hard to catch When there's a problem, there's no match for the man in the can